Welcome to our daily portion with WIT Ministries. I'm Matt Russell, and I'm the director of WIT Ministries. And at Walking in Truth Ministries, we want to help people to be able to live a more God-centered, God-focused life and uh, in every aspect of their life. So the purpose for this podcast is for us to really strengthen our biblical discipline of reading the Bible. So I'm going to read a scripture every day where I'm going to share a nugget about that scripture. And then I'm going to say a little prayer at the end. And that will be the entirety of our episodes for this podcast. Uh, Please feel free to check us out at walkingintruthministries.org. Or you can also check out our other podcast, which is Living the Wit Life with Walking in Truth Ministries. I hope that this podcast blesses you as much as it blesses me. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with our daily portion. Are you concerned about what the future holds? Are you confident that the retirement plans that you have today will still be secure tomorrow? Let us help you by clearing up the uncertainty. This is Matt Russell, the director of WIT Ministries. Many of us at Walking in Truth Ministries are bivocational, working in our ministry as well as in the financial services industry at WinBig Financial Group. We help people to build a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Give me a call at 817-903-2575 to support our ministry and to secure your family's financial future. Again, Call today at 817-903-2575. Thank you and God bless. Judges 6. Israel oppressed by Midian. Then the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hands of Midian seven years. The power of Midian prevailed against Israel because of Midian, the sons of Israel made for themselves the dens, which were in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. For it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites would come up with the Amalekites and the sons of the east and go against them. So they would camp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel, as well as no sheep, ox or donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents. They would come in like locusts for number. Both they and their camels were innumerable, and they came into the land to devastate it. So Israel was brought very low because of Midian, and the sons of Israel cried to the Lord. Now it came about when the sons of Israel cried to the Lord on account of Midian, that the Lord sent a prophet to the sons of Israel, and he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, It was I who brought you up from Egypt and brought you out from the house of slavery. I delivered you from the hands of the Egyptians and from the hands of all your oppressors and dispossessed them before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not obeyed me. Gideon is visited. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Oprah which belonged to Joash the Abirzite, and his son Gideon, was beating out wheat in the winepress in order to save it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Then Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? 
And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord looked at him and said, Go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? He said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. So Gideon said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Please do not depart from me here until I come back to you and bring out my offering and lay it before you. And he said, I will remain until you return. Then Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. He put the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot and brought them out to him under the oak and presented them. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. When Gideon saw that he was the angel of the Lord, he said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. The Lord said to him, Peace to you, do not fear, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and named it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it is still in Ophrah on the, of the Abizurites. Now on the same night, the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull and second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal, which belongs to your father, and cut down the Asherah that is beside it. And build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of this stronghold in an orderly manner. And take a second bull and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah, which you shall cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had spoken to him. And because he was too afraid of his father's household and the men of the city to, to do it by day, he did it by night. The altar of Baal destroyed. When the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was torn down. And the Asherah, which was beside it, was cut down. And the second bull was offered on the altar, which had been built. They said to one another, Who did this thing? And when they searched about and inquired, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, did this thing. Then the men of the city said to Joash, Bring out your son, that he may die. For he has torn down the altar of Baal, and indeed he has cut down the Asherah, which was beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal, or will you deliver him? Whoever will plead for him shall be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him contend for himself, because someone has torn down his altar. Therefore, on that day, he named him Jeroboam, that is to say, let Baal contend against him, because he had torn down his altar. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the sons of the east assembled themselves, and they crossed over and camped in the valley of Jezreel. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and the Abirzites were called together to follow him. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, and they also were called together to follow him. And he sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. Sign of the Fleece Then Gideon said to God, If you will deliver Israel through me as you have spoken, behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on all the ground, then I will know that you will deliver Israel through me as you have spoken. And it was so. 
When he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece, he drained the dew from the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not let your anger burn against me, that I may speak once more. Please let me make a test once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, and let there be dew on all the ground. God did so that night, for it was dry only on the fleece, and dew was on all the ground. As you can see here with the story of Gideon, it's okay sometimes to question and have doubts. That does not excuse us from consequences for doubting. But um, especially at the end there where he's saying to God, okay, if you really are who you say you are, or if you really are going to do what you said you're going to do, then that's not the way God wants us to approach him. God wants us to believe him. God wants us to have faith and to react and respond and be obedient without questioning him, just like any parent would. I mean, how many times as children were we told, because I said so? When we question our parents and, and ask them why, why, and over again, why, 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 why? A lot of it's just us, well, some of it is just us trying to learn, trying to figure out, but it becomes such a pestering kind of uh, annoyance just to constantly just be poked at with why. Well, that's exactly what Gideon was doing to God. He was just saying, well, if it is you, then give me this on. If it is you, then then do this. If and you did this, okay, but if it is you, now do just the opposite. I mean, how much proof does Gideon need? <clears throat> but how many times have we done that same thing in our life? How many times has God told us something and we feel like God told us that and so we started kind of questioning and saying, well, God, if that is you, then and we give him something that we'd like to see happen. Well, God made it clear he doesn't want to be tested. He doesn't want us to do that. But it's not going to stop him from being God. It's not going to stop him from being a good father. He may answer our questions or he may fulfill the test but I'm telling you that doesn't make it easy there's still going to be consequences for the questioning he's going to do what he needs to do for his kingdom but then he's also going to you know, I mean there's there's going to be something some result from that questioning and testing because he doesn't like that but again as I said it's not like you can't you're not completely, it's not bad for you to question. God prefers us not to. But if you're questioning God rather than just doing what he said, just be ready for whatever consequence comes with it and accept it because that was your choice. But here you can see all these people rising up and it's because God said, he's told them over and over again. And you, you can even tell with um, the attitude that Gideon has. Uh, Gideon has this attitude that, well, you know, you said that you're the one. We hear from our fathers who tell us over and over again how you rescued them and all these miracles. So it's being told to them so much, which it should be a good thing, but instead it's something that we just kind of, the children just started rolling their eyes at. You know, like a, a grandfather or a father saying the same thing over and over again or telling the same story. 
the kids hear it enough, they start to just kind of mimic and mock him and roll their eyes. And that's exactly what you can see going on here for this younger generation, which is why it says in the very beginning, the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They weren't following what God asked them to. They started <clears throat> worshiping Baal. He said, do not. They started uh, all those traditions that deal with, with Baal and, and Yasheroth. And, and God said, don't do that. So they've heard the good news. They've heard about God, but they've turned their hearts away. And we can't do that. God promised. He said we, he'd deliver. And it's not something that you do. I mean, we we do as humans. We tend to do that in seasons. There are seasons of our life to where we're really poured into God. And then there's seasons to where we're just kind of, we're numb to him. And that's not the design. And that's not God's choice. That's our choice. So, we're supposed to seek the Lord God. We're supposed to pursue him and we're supposed to be there whether we're in good times, bad times, or just normal times. But we tend to have some weakness or some time when we're more susceptible to relaxing and turning. For me personally, it's in the normal times. I know to praise him when it's good and I know to, to pray to him and ask for help when it's, when it's not good. But... In those normal times, I tend to forget to grab that Bible. And <clears throat> the normal times doesn't have to be a transitional time. It can be a, an extended period of time. And that's a long time. A long season of our life to be uh, not pouring in, not digging in deep and really pursuing God. So Father, I just pray that every day, would be a day that's just focused on you. And even in the normal times that I could stick with, um, not a habit, but a desire to, to know you more, to read more of your word, to uh, sing praises and worship you. Father, I just pray that everything can be focused on you and that I could not be the priority in my life. That you are number one as you deserve to be. Father, I just pray that I have the courage to keep you in that pot, that place. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope that uh, that blesses you, either as an individual or uh, with you and your other loved ones. Uh, maybe this is uh, something that you're utilizing to to spend with your family, uh, some time around God's Word, and uh, of course, that is great. I love that, and I'd love to hear how uh, the Daily Portion podcast is blessing you. If you would, just go to our website at walkingintruthministries.org and um, go on there and just drop us a little note about uh, this podcast or one of our other podcasts or even just check out the events that we have available. Uh, but again, thank you very much and look forward to seeing you again tomorrow as we dig into our daily portion with WIT Ministries. God bless.